Hello everyone, this is Evan Oleg Smith with Yoga You Online and I am very excited to be here today with a yoga teacher and author T.S. Little. T.S. is one of the most widely respected yoga teachers in the U.S. today. He has an extensive background in yoga training, combining in-depth training both in Iyengar Yoga and also Ashtanga Vinyasa Yoga. And in addition to his yoga training, Tia has, Tia has done a lot of intra or cross-disciplinary cross work, we could call it, studying also manual therapy, particularly craniosacral work. And uh, his work is influenced in that way also by Tom Myers and also by Peter Levine's work in trauma and healing. In addition, yes, you're also a longtime student of Buddhist practices, uh, studying Vipassana uh, meditation and Zen, and uh, not least of all, uh, you're the founder of Prashna Yoga in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and you have authored several books on yoga, including your most recent book. Uh, yoga of the Subtle Body, a guide to the physical and energetic anatomy of body of yoga. So Tiaz, why don't we start with your newest book? Do you want to tell us a little bit about it and what inspired it? I think one of the um, big, I don't want to say criticisms, but concerns that sometimes come up in the yoga community is that yoga increasingly is becoming a physical practice and becoming more and more like exercise. So you're kind of bucking the trend, writing a book on subtle yoga anatomy. So what inspired that? Uh, well, really my interest in subtle, the subtle body has been inspired by years of practice and just sensing and feeling the pathway of nerve through my fascia or the pulsation of blood in my arteries or you know, what happens when I do a downward dog and what happens to the blood pressures and the neurovascular changes. And so really my interest in subtle body has, um, has come out of my own direct experience. But certainly um, the Indian tradition of yoga and um, the experimental work that was done in the yoga lab in um, way, way back uh, 2,000 years ago um, really then detailed out in um, prescriptive ways um, how the spine and the, and the life force is, um, is, is uh, described and how it exists um, in the Indian architecture of, um, of the chakras and the nadis and um, the bindus. And so there's lots of esoteric language that I was always curious, well, how does that really relate to um, the experience of, um, of blood flowing through the arteries or um, the shift of bone or the movement through the spine. And so my explorations have been uh, really bringing together the Eastern and the Western view. And, um, and I think as practitioners of, in yoga, uh, the further along we get, the more we're able to detect the nuance or the real subtlety or the delicacy of, um, of movement or breath or um, changes in our mind states. And um, this is really the meditative path of yoga is to have this uh, more subtle awareness. 
so yeah, my book of the subtle body is an exploration of all these things. Yeah, and that's such a great contribution because I think when we think about the subtle body, um, we think about the chakras, we think about the koshas, we think about these abstract concepts that we don't necessarily have a direct embodied experience of. And when we don't have that, they become kind of mental constructs, which takes us even further away from the experience of the subtle body. So that's a wonderful contribution that you're kind of translating what are all these sensations, subtle sensations we feel in our body and how does that relate to kind of an experience of the subtler anatomy of the body? Mm, that's right. Yeah, and I think that, like for instance, you know, if one is in a meditation position and one raises the back of their skull upward, you know, how does that affect the uh, junction of the, of the cervical, top of the cervical spine and the cranium and how does that affect the jaw and the brainstem? And I think that um, the more one attunes to the subtle uh, shifts in their, in their own physiology, in their own structure, the more one can approach spirit. And so the whole idea of the subtle is used in many of the spiritual teachings as, the, as a guide towards um, the infinite or the spaciousness. And yogis knew that in order to contact this uh, boundless awareness, one had to move very slowly and really to attune to, you know, the most sensitive vibratory rhythms that reverberate inside. Interesting. Yeah, that's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think one of the things that you experience in your practice over time is this tremendous power you get to regulate the functioning of your body and your mind with um, your specific approach to practice. So you can have a specific effect by doing certain, you know, specific, specific things, even down to regulating the autonomic nervous system. Um, I think we've had a lot of talk about if we're stimulating the vagus nerve and through the stimulation of vagus nerve, working a little bit more consciously with um, calming the nervous systems, settling into the rest and digest mode. Is that also, that work, is that also what you would categorize as falling under subtle yoga anatomy, the way you work with it? I think very much so. I mean, the whole notion of the, you know, the kundalini or the, 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 the energy of the serpent, or sometimes it's described as the turtle mm -hmm. or even the fish, is that we have a very kind of quote-unquote primitive side of our nervous system. Ironically, um, it's highly sophisticated, this autonomic nervous system that, mm -hmm. yeah, the ancients mapped out as a kind of a reptilian force, and that relates to brainstem and spinal cord and it can be impacted by breathing and by, um, by uh, thoughts and emotional or mood, states of mood. And um, not only that, but, you know, doing a handstand or uh, a camel pose. And so we can affect the physiology of the subtle body. And, um, and really, it's a, just a matter of attuning to this process. Uh, really, it involves listening because... 
um, one can do physical movements and not really listen to their heartbeat or to their fascia or to their circulatory rhythms. And, um, and I'm very much in favor of going slow enough, like the turtle pace, you know, <laughs> you know the turtle always wins, to be able to really feel internally what's happening. Yeah, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things that always fascinates me in uh, Western physiology um, is the study of the systems of the body. Because everything else in Western physiology is very, very structural and very, you can touch it, you can feel it, you can do, um, you know, explorations to, you know, see it and measure it. Uh, but when it comes to the systems like the um, lymphatic system, the immune system, perhaps even more, the nervous system, um, they're kind of like functional aspects of the body that don't necessarily, um, that there's like conduits for them in the system, but the actual functioning is an abstract, coordinated functioning of many different entities. Uh, that also to me sounds a lot more like a subtle body expression. Mm. Well, I think so. I mean, the, the, basically the ancient, um, you know, yogis, they, they call them the little rivers, you know, little rivulets or streams. And the Chinese uh, system of acupuncture and um, Chinese medicine has a very similar idea that there are these little conduits or little uh, rivers in the body. And so in yoga, they're called nadis. And so the nadis, we could think of them as nerves, we could think of them as blood, uh, blood arteries and veins, uh, lymphatic channels. We could think of them as the uh, cellular uh, synapses that uh, send neurological signals from one uh, neuron to the next. And so really these rivers of energy, the yogis mapped out in a very uh, detailed way um, really extensive maps, um, which uh, are beautifully seen on, you know, images of the yogi with the chakras, or this kind of thing. And they have color, they have sound, they have resonance. Um, and so through the practice, yeah, we can either accelerate the flow, or we can slow the flow down, depending in, in, in wellness, what's most necessary for any given person. So um, connecting to this, these little rivers throughout the body um, is, is uh, something we do in the subtle body. I mean, you could say the most immediate river to connect to is the river of the breath. Mm-hmm. And, but underneath the breath, there are many, many, many layers. There are many pulses. There are many different rhythms that one can connect to. And, uh, and mm. the beauty of practicing yoga is uh, starting to really sense, um, and it's empowering to sense and feel the aliveness of these uh, pulsatory flow inside. Yeah, and, and the nadis um, are so important because, I mean, in Western physiology, we have the blood vessels, we have the lymphatic, um, you know, channels, um, we have the nerves, and all of these are also channels through which 
various intelligence processes of, of the body get communicated. And as I remember from my studies of Ayurveda and uh, yogic uh, anatomy, what, the key feature of the disease process in yoga anatomy and in Ayurveda is usually considered to be clogging of the nadis. If the information flows freely through the nadis, if the subtle energy flows freely through the nadis, we enjoy good health, but when they get clogged, um, it affects our health, it affects our mental, emotional well-being. Is that correct? I think it is. Yeah, it's very much like keeping the plumbing in your, in your house uh, below your sink free. And, um, and it's the same with the digestive tract or the nerve tract or specifically for um, our interest, uh, my interest right now is the lymphatic system. The immune system is all about um, really uh, purification. And the yogis have been interested in purification for many years. Um, the whole idea of shaucha or cleanliness um, is very much connected to that. And so um, through various practices, we can really tonify the lymphatic system. And, um, um, and the, the lymphatic system is very much connected to light and the body of light. And interesting because the lymphatic system is primarily white blood cells that are produced out of the spleen and the bone marrow and the um, uh, in around the gland of the thymus and the chest behind the sternum. And so really uh, the, the lymph is uh, also everywhere through the body as our defense system. So yeah, keeping the cleanliness or the clarity uh, is a good word to use, the clarity, the really discriminating capacity of the lymphatic system is very much uh, interest to me yeah 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 and and the lymphatic system i find is particularly uh fascinating because it has like a dual role on one hand the lymphatic system is always uh talked about in the context of the immunity of the body and there is often a tendency to equate um the lymphatic system with the immune system because it is through the lymphatic system that all the immune cells get transported through different parts of the body. Uh, but then the lymphatic system also has this other role where, you know, it is part of the circulatory system, it's part of the blood. And then when the blood diffuses out through the capillaries into um, the intracellular environment, um, it's the lymph that gets diffused out and collects all the impurities from the cellular environment and filters them back in and that includes of course you know foreign invaders that need to be um, neutralized but it also includes uh, cellular debris and so it has like also just functioning as being part of the circulatory system and part of the body's natural detox functions um, and I wonder how those two functions, is it like um, just one extended system with a lot of different functions or um, how do you view those two different roles of the lymphatic system? Well, generally, you know, the, lymph, uh, the, the lymphatic system is, is a sister system to the circulatory system. 
And really, um, we're talking about fluids. We're talking about the body's capacity to stay hydrated. And so um, we're mostly water. We're you know, maybe 75 to 80% water, um, give or take. And so maintaining this kind of hydrated state is so important. And hydration doesn't simply come from drinking. You can drink you know, uh, ounces and ounces of water all day long and maybe not hydrate your tissues. Movement is what really hydrates the tissues. So that's where we come in as yoga practitioners or people who do Tai Chi or Qigong or other exercise forms. Really, we enable greater flow through these little rivers of the body. And, you know, the, the immune system is remarkable because it's so intelligent. And there are lots of language in the yogic tradition and the Buddhist uh, tradition in the meditation practices around intelligence or bringing greater um, uh, discriminating awareness. And we can do that through, you know, listening, uh, being discriminating around what thoughts we listen to or what food we take in, or what, um, what uh, drinks we consume, or uh, what we watch on television. And so yoga is kind of a process of viveka. Viveka is the word, discrimination. The lymphatic system is all about discriminating um, what's wanted versus what's unwanted. So really interesting that as we practice and we connect to the subtle body, we systemically build this um, intelligence or this discriminating awareness mm-hmm. and how important it is now when these uh, very uh, complicated viruses that keep mutating and changing every month, every year for us to be able to stay ahead of these um, viruses. In other words, to have an m- immune system that's strong and radiant enough to be able to protect itself. And yeah. so may, yeah. each, may each of us stay free of the flu this winter season. <laughs> yes, indeed. And also um, coming back to this detox function that uh, the lymphatic system also has with purifying the intracellular environment, um i've seen i read about um you know different contexts where a sluggish lymphatic system is associated with you know all the different things that we usually uh, associate with more toxicity in the body or a slow detoxification process like you know depression low energy all the different things that tend to become more common in the winter when when we move less and the lymphatic system tends to become more sluggish is is that a connection that you come across in your work i think so i think that stagnation or tamas is the word in sanskrit that tamasic means like heavy or lethargic or um, full of sloth. It's, it's hard to move in the winter time, um, generally, and, and we're all prone to a sedentary lifestyle, especially today in the era of, um, of working at computers for long periods of time. So how can we locally move areas of the gut or areas around the diaphragm, areas of the chest, to increase the local flow 
of lymph through the um, through the vessels in order to uh, go about this drainage of toxins or broken proteins or unwanted cellular debris that really um, it would be like the recycling truck or the waste management people not coming around <laughs> to your house for a couple of months. <laughs> yeah. And you just have all this, to that. Yeah. Know, slowly build up. Um, uh, so really the, the key is movement. And, and uh, what's fascinating about the lymphatic system is the, the lymph channels are just feather fine. Um, they're very, very delicate. And so when we get in and we move in subtle ways of like a back bend over a bolster or we take our leg up the wall and we bring one leg down into like a half squat, we're facilitating the local squeezing uh, pressure, compressive forces locally through the body, which help uh, really uh, detox or clear uh, the lymphatic channels in these feather fine, you know, kind of spidery arrangements throughout the throughout yeah. the body. Yeah, yeah, and I I think it's such a basic um, factor that's often overlooked is the lymphatic channel does or system does not have a dedicated pump the way the circulatory system has, and really the way lymph is circulated is through movement. And um, when you think about the connection between lymphatic stagnation and lack of energy, um, perhaps more depression, it's kind of a sad fact, I think, that there's not more awareness of that connection that you do need to move to keep your detox system healthy. Mm. That's right. Yeah. So movement is critical, and and also, uh, um, you know, diet is really important because the lymphatic system is primary alkaline in nature. Uh -huh. So you know, the lymph is a clear, colorless fluid. It's you know, it's kind of transparent or translucent, almost meaning it's clear, and uh, and so um, we support it through diet. And so movement, diet, and then thinking is so critical as well. That is mindfulness practices, um, practices of loving kindness, uh, working with our own you know, inner critic that tends to be really self-condemning or, um, or um, self-punitive or judgmental. That when we can build really the uh, kind of a resource of positive thinking, um, then we can affect the lymphatic system. So there's a close link between the glandular system of the endocrine, or the hormonal system, and the lymphatic system. And there's a lot of exciting research on that today. But the yogis knew that, that focusing on the third eye, or the heart center, or the region of the gut where there can be so much um, uh, malaise, that by focusing on these areas where the glands are, that um, one can create uh, internal states of um, a, a positive environment, and a, and a healthy environment is is uh, is uh, supports immunity, supports the body's capacity to protect itself. So, um, really, uh, uh, I think that the yogis mapped out the immune system uh, in in ways that were before MRIs and before um, the kind of microscopic 
investigative uh, capacity we have now in science. Um, but this is particularly around the throat because the throat region is really where all the lymphatic ducts are. So if you're gonna keep the health of your immune system, keep the health of your tongue, your nasal passages, your throat. And one of the primary ways we do that is through um, shoulder stand and bridge poses, supported fish poses that really help to wash or rinse or, or cleanse tissue through the upper chest area. Mm, beautiful. And uh, we, of course, think that the whole topic of yoga and lymphatic health is so important. And there is a lot of, um, you know, material there to explore that really has not uh, been covered that much. So we thought you would be probably the best person we could think about to cover that topic. And you we're really happy that you will be offering a course on yoga for lymphatic health uh, at Yoga U Online. Could you tell us um, more about the course and what you're covering? Well, I would very much like to guide a sequence of poses that support the immune system. And some of them will be dynamic, some of them will be restorative positioning, like a supported backbend, a supported bridge that helps open up the lymphatic channels in the gut and the chest and the throat. And then we'll review some of the anatomical, physiological structures of the lymphatic system. And then really so interesting, of course, is the energetic, the spiritual energetics of the lymphatic system, which relate to the body of light, which relate to um, visualization practices, and um, which really relate, relate to inducing a kind of positive vibratory flow uh, through the body, little waves of pulsatory rhythm flowing through the body, which increase um, the limb's capacity to move. And so um, we'll also practice what I like to call psychic immunity, which is really um, developing a kind of uh, positive uh, state where one can really connect to uh, kindness and generosity and a spirit of um, openness, um, particularly important in this age where there's so much fear and uh, divisiveness. And so really through psychic immunity, we can build an internal environment that supports our health. So mindfulness practice, meditation, pranayama are invaluable for this. Yeah, that's beautiful. Wonderful. Well, it sounds like a, quite an amazing course and on such an important topic. And I'm particularly excited that there are so many different practical components to that topic. Uh, so we're very, very much looking forward to having you join us for that. So thanks mm. so much for joining us today, Tias. Really ah, appreciate it. You're welcome, Eva. I look forward to, to offering the course. Take care. Namaste. Mm. I know. Bye.